Tim, you need to be taking this seriously. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the Marvelous Miss Maisie. My name is Maisie Laud. I'm Tim Bridge. Today, we are talking about cognitive behavioral therapy and um, the 2023. Uh, let's start this over. We're talking to X Men today. <laughs> Uh, we got a bit of a gap between uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and the next Guardians MCU official G-O-T-G-3. G-O-T-G-3. Uh, so we're taking a side trip. We're, we're, we're going back in the time machine because, you know, uh, the X-Men are going to be joining the MCU uh, relatively soon. And by relatively soon, I mean like four to seven years. Bummer. But is, are they doing a Deadpool thing right now? But we're still going to be doing the podcast. And yeah, but that movie's not going to come out for like two more years at least. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyways, Maisie, uh, what what do you know about the X-Men? Okay, so if we want to go all the way back, I remember seeing this movie at least the first 20 minutes of it because I remember seeing Anna Paquin and I remember there being snow and that's it. That's all I know. <laughs> and I don't know anything about X-Men. As we know, I thought it was Wolfgang Amadeus, Amadeus Mozart. It's mm-hmm. Wolfgang. No, it's Wolf Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nailing Didn't it already. know if X-Men was Marvel or DC or what. So it's taken a second, yeah. but we're here. And I kind of always knew that it was like kind of peripherally involved with superhero movies, had no idea that Deadpool was part of uh, X-Men. And I do get mixed, I think I've mentioned this, I get mixed up with the movie that Chris Tucker plays a comedian in. The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element. (laughs) Yeah. And the person who has the orange hair, they both have orange hair in this movie. Yeah, that's also the movie Fifth Element, yeah. Yeah, but like this in this one, the orange hair is Mystique. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, the different. I would say the main difference for me between those two characters is that one is com- is fucking blue. Yeah, <laughs> one is yeah. Fully no, that like should have like screamed person. out should've... at me, but it you didn't. You think? X Men. I should. We should note. We're gonna be talking. We're gonna. We're gonna do an abridged version of the X Men series. We're not gonna watch every single one. There are some uh, unnecessary X Men, but we're you know we want to fill in the gap and maybe help Maisie understand a little bit more about the history of this series before it jumps in because they're leaning on nostalgia. I have one thing to say that I also realized watching this Mm. that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, that's his name, right? Yeah. Those characters um, kind of bleed in and out of Lord of the Rings for me. So I was like, where's the wizard? Well, because Ian McKellen is in Lord of the Rings as right. Gandalf. So, yeah, that, that's understandable, at least a little bit. If you're not a fan it's and just, aren't discerning the differences, then that's... <laughs> I'm just like, let me just preface this conversation by saying that I've just been busy in school, so <laughs> I'm not really paying attention. No, it's okay. It's, okay. This, is the, this is the distraction from the school. Yeah, no, and I, I love that. This is help. Full, right? I'm helping. I'm helping. I have wellness. Impact. Ever heard of it? Uh, X Men is a huge uh, Marvel comics series. It was owned by 20th Century Fox for the longest time. Uh, boom, 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 whoa! And for the longest time. Okay. All right. 
I really hope that whoever's listening just puts this on 1.75 speed so it just sounds like whoa and then they have to put it on slower speed so and then that what you just did was perfectly sung yeah perfect and then just like layer it with six other acapella parts and then it'll sound (laughs) just like Billy Joel just like Billy Joel (laughs) X-Men is, uh, is, is created by Stanley. It was a Marvel property for a long time. When film rights were being distributed, it wasn't all under one umbrella. It still isn't all under one umbrella, even though it's sort of all sort of conglomerating back to Marvel Studios and Disney right now. Uh, this was owned by 20th Century Fox. These films were released around the same time as Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films, which were Sony. Uh, but this was well before... Iron Man, you know, about eight, 10 years before Iron Man yeah. and, and Captain America and the MCU launched off. Uh, also want to note that uh, the person who directed a couple of these movies is a pedophile, allegedly. Uh, but fuck you, Brian Singer. Uh, this is not a tacit endorsement of anything that he's ever done. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about cast? I mean, this is a pretty star-studded film. If we're being yeah, let's talk about cast. Yeah. I also want. Here's the thing. Before yeah. we dive into the plot, I sure. want you to tell me, like, what Tim Bridge is doing in the year 2000. <laughs> Paint the picture. Like, are you going to see this movie with your dad? Are your parents like, no, you're not allowed to see PG-13 movies. You saw it at a sleepover. Tell I- me also about like. Um, I mean, like, I know that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen at this point are, like, established actors. Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, I don't know what else Hugh Jackman has been in. Halle Berry either had just been in or is about to be in the next 007 movie, I think. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I mean, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen have been, you know, yeah, stars of the stage screen and television the since, screen. since the 70s. So mm. the, them being got for this was a huge get, you know, yeah. it's kind of kind of kind of really, really awesome to see them doing something like this. Uh, Hugh Jackman was uh, a, a nobody was relatively really? no name. Uh, so this this was put him on the map. breakout role. Yeah, this was uh, Hugh Jackman's breakout role. Uh, Halle Berry, I believe, had been in a fair amount of stuff in the mm-hmm. 90s uh, up until this point. But this is the first time we're seeing people like James Marsden. Uh, yeah, uh, and, that Anna, blew Anna, my mind. Yeah, Anna Paquin had won an Oscar as a child, but yeah, you know, this was she her was like sort of young, doing more adult stuff. What yeah. was that, Fly Away Home? I do not, I have no memory of what it was. Wait, no, I got to look I it do, up. I, I do remember know. her giving like the cutest little speech and it being yeah. a little weird. <laughs> Just like... Did this five-year-old really do the best acting? Yeah. I would imagine being nominated in a category yeah. for acting and then <laughs> like losing going to a fucking yeah. five-year-old. You're like Kate Blanchett delivering the, the acting role of a lifetime. No, yes, was- I just looked it up. Anna Paquin was in Fly Away Home, which is one of those movies that they play in middle school because it's like a safe movie to play, but you've yeah. seen it like four or five times because of that. Mm-hmm. And it's I think that, Jeff Daniels that, is that, her dad in that. that not Jack, Jack Daniels. Daniels. <laughs> Jeff Daniels, maybe. Jeff Daniels, yeah. Yeah. Jack Daniels. Jack I mean, Daniels in is, a way, Jack Daniels is all of our daddies. Terrible minds think alike. Glug, uh, glug. <laughs> you want to jump into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, wait, no. Oh, tell hey, me, wait, tell me hey. your. Did you see this in the theaters? Uh, I did not see this movie in theaters. I saw the sequel in theaters. The sequel was one of my X two was like a big okay. time movie. Uh, I remember I this is gonna be kind of lame, but 
uh, we were, I was not 13 when, when X2 came out, I was under the age of 13. And I remember going to the movie theater, buying a ticket for finding Nemo and then walking into X2. <laughs> That's badass. That is badass. I don't remember if I saw X1 before seeing X2, but X-Men had a cartoon show on TV Mm -hmm. in the 90s that I watched all the time. I loved that show. And also, uh, that TV show is being directly rebooted onto Disney+. Plus. It's called X-Men 94, I think. Uh, But it's literally, they're making a new season of that specific cartoon television show. Wow, cool. With a lot Did of you ever end up voices. seeing uh, Finding Nemo, though. Yeah, of course I ended up seeing. Okay, because that's Nemo. a great movie too. But it was very funny that I that I was like twelve and yeah. being like, I'm being badass, sneaking into this PG thirteen movie that you're I probably like, could have just bought a ticket to. You're like, <laughs> yes, I have a fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, do you have any questions about about the X Men or anything like that uh, moving forward? Because we're going to be watching I have questions, pretty um, specifically X Men stuff. So I have questions, kind of after we do this plot stuff of of where X Men fits into the MCU as we know it. Sure. Um. So I guess we can just start off with the plot and see where that takes us. All right. Perfect. Uh, diving into the plot. In this is a pretty harrowing opening that i don't think they could get away with in like the light-hearted style of stuff today uh in 1944 nazi occupied poland 13 year old eric lyncher is separated from his parents upon entering the auschwitz concentration camp while attempting to reach them he causes a set of metal gates to bend toward him because of his mutant ability to generate magnetic fields, but is knocked out by the guards. In the not-too-distant future, U.S. Senator Robert Kelly attempts to pass a Mutant Registration Act in Congress, which would force mutants to reveal their identities and abilities. Jumping into it. Jumping in. Yeah. This series, X-Men, as a comic series, was produced in the 1960s, I believe, and it's... uh, it's it's pretty pretty concretely a civil rights yeah uh, move superhero series so yeah. yeah i i remember when we had been talking about this previously um that it's like a direct reaction to like cultural things that are happening yes. but in a bigger way i was wondering if um this kind of this origin story in nazi poland is that in like the comic yes. books as well. Okay. That has always okay. been in the comic book. I think that uh, I just hop this up. I think that Magneto is maybe the greatest comic book villain okay. of all time. One of, if not the greatest, because for you know good measure, he's like he's someone who experienced the Holocaust. Yeah, and so he knows, and and then that informs his opinion as like yeah. I can see how far they can go. Yeah. And this is what they'll do to all of us mutants. It's like so a let's... true reflection of like trauma and horrifying, like historical. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like other villains that we've seen are just like, I want power. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very compelling. And I think it's only made more compelling when you got fucking Ian McKellen playing the character. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, the Senator Robert Kelly character is pretty directly political. I feel like they're not this. This movie is very political in a way that I don't think superhero movies are anymore. Yeah. Even when they attempt to be, it feels mm-hmm. almost shallow. But in this one, they're like, "No, we're gonna have 
straight up bigoted Republic Republican yeah, senator and discrimination. Yeah. Yeah. And, and outright, you know, have that be the thrust of the plot in the story. So, and unfortunately yeah. now it feels like more like the fact that I watched this like two or three weeks ago mm-hmm. and it, it made, it landed more for me in the last, like watching it now than I, I don't know if it would have landed that way. If I watch it, watched it in 2000, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, we're yeah. seeing, we're seeing, I mean, direct, we're seeing stuff a lot more directly when we watch it in the two th- in 2000, you're thinking like, Oh, this is like a hearkening back to yeah. civil rights, was, you right. know, stuff like that. Uh, so you would see it in a, in a light of like, Oh, this is, in from the, the past right but you watch it today and you're thinking like oh, there's yeah. literally legislation against trans people in like right. 30 states or something like that yeah. and uh maybe yeah, it's also it's, because i was like young back then and didn't understand sure. like cultural commentary in that sense but yeah it yes that's sort pretty, of thing, it's pretty it's aged. Ever, evergreen in its yeah. uh in its commentary on yeah. bigotry and uh, how it manifests itself although uh, worth noting we are not talking about you know uh, people just trying to be themselves and transitioning we're talking about people who like can can shoot fire from the hands yeah like it, so it is still like very i can fly from my butt yeah <laughs> my bones are metal <laughs> i yeah. got metal bones <laughs> <laughs> Present are Lencher, now going by the name Magneto, and his telepathic colleague, Professor Charles Xavier. Xavier sees Lencher in attendance and is concerned with how he will respond to the registration act. So we have our we have our our cultural problem. We have our good guy. We have our bad guy. Pretty yep. Pretty straightforward. I don't. I, my here's okay. Qualm number one. Sure. Why did they just call him Doctor Charles Xavier? <laughs> Professor is like. I know he's a teacher, but like, I don't know. That's what's important is that he's a teacher, that he feels he wants to create a school and community for uh, for mutants who have been abandoned by society. Really? I didn't really get that from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he is a professor. He Ooh. is a professor. I just Ooh. missed the scene like out of Animal House when the professor's just eating an apple and writing Satan on the board. That's what this movie needed. A little bit more Animal House, a little less. A, a little <laughs> bit of, uh, uh, he comes wheeling into the room and he's just like, hey, anybody ever done a keg stand? Yeah. You know what this movie needed? A scene with Jack Black from School of Rock. What this needed was My a God, keg... what are they what... teaching these kids? <laughs> We needed a scene where they're doing keg stands and Magneto is like levitating the kegs yeah. with his with his mind. That's what I've been saying. That's what that is what I have been saying. This is coming out to foam. It's tapped. This this keg is tapped, and then he just crushes it with his mind <laughs> against his skull like a frat boy would with a beer can. <laughs> and it's Ian McKellen uh, in. in Meriden, Mississippi, 17-year-old Marie accidentally puts her boyfriend in a coma after she kisses him because of her mutant ability to absorb the power and life of others. Adopting I mean, the this name happens Rogue. anytime you sleep with an ex-boyfriend, right? Yeah, you just, yeah. you feel, you drain them of life? No, you kill I... them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is Anna Paquin. This is Rogue. Uh, she runs away to Alberta where she meets Logan, also known as Wolverine, a mutant who possesses super, superhuman healing abilities and metal claws that protrude from between 
his knuckles. That looks so painful. So we first see him um, like fists up in a in a boxing ring. Cage matching, yeah. And there's like a little bit of that thing I hate about movies when like, like what I didn't like about Ant-Man um, when Janet's just like, you'll find out, you'll find out, whatever. Like when uh, Rogue comes up to Wolverine and he's at the bar, it, there's, there's that sense of like, ah, you could never help me. Like we shouldn't, you know, and the next scene is they're in a van together. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't uh, have any family. I am a, I'm a, I'm a fucking, uh, I'm a tough guy. Solo artist. Nobody can help me. Yeah. I'm a loose cannon. I'm Wolverine. I don't work baby. for anybody. Yeah. I live in Canada. <laughs> Alberta. I live in Alberta, Canada. Uh, it's interesting. Wolverine. Wolverine is like the most famous mutant, the biggest. Yeah. So, uh, thoughts on Hugh Jackman in this movie? This is his. This is you know Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I would assume as a more theatrical man from the things yes. that you've seen. Considering I mean, like, you I'm, haven't I'm seen known these that movies. he was Wolverine, but he yeah. also, you know, is um, he in a in a sense. He is the greatest showman okay. because of all I, of the rage. I, I quit. I give up. That's Should the we do Les Mis after this? <laughs> I actually One I have. One day more. That's I another think thing. Okay, play that back and then layer six parts on it. <laughs> <laughs> One day more. You are One oh, you day are, oh. more. You are overestimating how little time I take to editing this podcast. <laughs> It is mostly I, to okay. it is mostly to turn my or your levels up or down based on the amount who's shouting the most in that episode, okay. uh, or it's like cutting out ums and shit. Um, speaking of like that, like that. I I'm have one thing to say. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Russell Crowe is great in that movie. Chavez. John Belcher. Your time is up in your parole, Spigot. <laughs> really good. He's really good. I'm going to have to turn that down. Uh, you know, you kind of have the same haircut as uh, Anne Hathaway in that movie. Oh, fucking. It's <laughs> <laughs> the meanest thing you've ever said to me. No. She cuts uh, it off. Well, mutant, uh, they are attacked on the road by <laughs> Sabretooth. They're attacked on the road by Sabretooth, Maisie, a member of Magneto's Brotherhood of Mutants. But two members of Xavier's X-Men, Cyclops and Storm, arrive to save them. Now, you're not an expert. Pert. Uh, I hate this. But, I mean, what did you think when these three showed up? I really don't love um, Magneto's entourage. Yeah, I would agree with that. They're they're like wild. They're weird and a little like underpowered. Like and like kind of lame. Guy. The toad, yeah, the toad guy, guy sucks. <laughs> the only cool one is Mystique. Toad guy's literally a joke in the cut. Is often used as like a joke in the comics and cartoons and stuff like that. Where it's just like what the fucking yeah. <laughs> like, he's disgusting. It, you know what it reminded me of? What's that movie we saw or or TV show we watched recently where there was like a straight up like frog villain oh uh she-hulk that was in she-hulk yes yeah it reminded, reminded you of that. <laughs> it reminded you of the full fucking joke character exactly yeah. and, i yeah. i highly agree with you but uh cyclops and storm this is a this is halle berry this is james marsden you'll see mm -hmm. them in most of these moving forward yeah storm i really love halle berry and i think the idea of storm is a really cool superhero I think they really sold it short 
for me. She's she a little, had, like, she's, she's kind of wooden. Like her, her she delivery had no is very, lines. Yeah. She like, it was, she had like a very, uh, like cold character because I think they didn't give her a lot to work with. There's a lot of call in the comic book community to like do storm justice in a movie because yeah. she hasn't really been done justice in a movie. She, her character and her cool backstory. Character. Yeah. Her character and backstory in the comics is super fucking cool. Yeah. She has like, uh, uh, origins in like of like being in an African village where she was like seen as a god because she could fucking control Whoa. the weather and stuff yeah. like that. Anyways, uh, th they don't do that shit in here. They just have Halle Berry reading her lines in monotone. Like, yeah. uh, oh, by the way, uh, pretty famously, uh, one of our favorite guys did some uh, touch up writing on this movie. Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon. Really? Yasmin did a did like a passovers on the script, and he wrote the line. Uh, Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking terrible. And I don't know if that was meant to be like like. And you can tell it's Joss Whedon-y in the fact that it should be like. You know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? You would think that he would then get struck and then she'd be like, eh, same thing that happens to everything else. Like a fucking shitty Joss Whedon line. Yeah. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Joss Whedon and Brian Singer. My name's Brian Singer. My name's Joss Whedon. We're best pet of pals. I watched or... a movie last night that was written by James Vanderbeek. Whoa, what? Was it any good? It was the it was Scream Six. Wait, he wrote he wrote Scream Six. Wait, hold on. Let me make sure. Did, I'm not... did James Vanderbeek write Scream Six, or did you just read a name wrong in the credits and go, "That James Vanderbeek"? Let me make sure. Wait, <laughs> fully no? Is it fully not him? Amazing. Sorry, it's James Vanderbilt. <laughs> okay, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm so sorry that it was entirely genuine i did think that james vanderbeek wrote scream six why what other I other other it. other than misreading in what in your mind was like yeah that makes sense it's like a movie about teenagers and college kids he is a 45 year old man at yeah this but point. like wasn't isn't his claim to fame being in like one of those yeah he not was like the like grassy but creek or whatever know. like he was it was he dawson's creek or some shit like that yeah something like that i don't know but okay. he's he didn't write scream <laughs> did not write how was scream six anyway i didn't hate it i thought it was yeah. fun i thought, cool. didn't think it was amazing but i love the scream the first scream movie is like one of my favorites oh yeah it's, it's, it's ugh, really good all right anyways wolverine and rogue <laughs> are brought to xavier's school for mutants in westchester county new york where Xavier tells Logan that Magneto appears to have taken an interest in him and asks him to stay while he investigates the matter. Roll, Rogue enrolls in the school. So we see Professor X's school for gifted youngsters. What do you a, think? It's a cute little school. Love that it's in Westchester. I don't know why that adds like a like a pompous like You don't wait, you don't know why Westchester adds a pompous. <laughs> yeah, what is it about Westchester, New York? <laughs> this is also where uh big mouth takes place okay senator <laughs> kelly if those schools played each other in soccer 
If if the, okay, if it you would be fun Steve? if the you've not even seen Big Mouth. No, I have not watched Big Mouth. But okay. big, but let me guess, Coach Steve is an Evan Nick Crow character. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Senator Kelly is abducted by Brotherhood members Toad. <laughs> <laughs> Toad and Mystique and brought to their hideout on the uncharted island of Genosha. Uh, Mystique, played by Rebecca Romain. Rebecca uh, Romain. Rebecca, don't, don't mind if I do. <laughs> you like sound like Pepe Le Pew saying like, something uh, like that. <laughs> but I had like a Waluigi voice. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca Romain. <laughs> don't mind if i do (laughs) we're going to ganosha okay magneto uses kelly as a test subject for a machine powered by his magnetic abilities that generates a field of radiation which induces mutants mutations in normal humans kelly later escapes by taking advantage of his newfound mutation he He becomes a goo man he's a goo man and he fits through he escapes the jail as man. he's a goo man what a goo man what a goo man really is a goo man um i think that this is a solution to bigotry that i can get behind goo man kidnap goo man group Kidnap, <laughs> kidnap Ted Cruz, and turn him into a goo monster. Yeah, yeah. I think that would solve a lot of shit. I think it would solve a lot of problems if we took everyone that we ideologically disagreed with and turned them into goo monsters. Yeah, especially and if because the other I've... side did it too. Then we could all be goo. Then it would really be a goo world. <laughs> I agree because I will never condone violence. I don't think violence is the answer, but I do think radiation and mutation has a good. <laughs> I think it's a good middle ground between like pure fucking violent anarchy and science and science. (laughs) (laughs) It's blending them together so we can all so that when aliens visit us in 40 years, they'll just see a sea of goo. Of goo. And isn't that what they were just trying to get everyone to drink in Ant-Man anyways? Yeah, drink the goo. There's so many clues. That's where it comes into the MCU. Marvel, I'm going to make like a reel that's just like, Marvel invented the goo back in 2000 when X-Men was... <laughs> like and follow for more movies. Like and follow for the stupidest fucking shit you've ever seen on the whole internet. <laughs> Tim's Marvel Review. Is that what you would do if I said no to do this podcast with yeah. you two years ago? <laughs> I'd be like one of those freaks who records his reaction to movies in the movie theater. Yo! <laughs> Yo, Ant-Man got big! Yo! That's fucking fire. Yo, real, that was real, fire. No cap. Yo, that part where he went was, yo! She! Let's go, Superman! Let's go! Okay. I have I have someone blocked on Twitter that because I was sick of seeing his, his superhero shit. Because I have superhero oh. shit suggested to me a lot because uh, I yeah, I like it and I have a podcast about it, I guess. But then I see people who are just like, this is a video of me saying, whoa! <laughs> and I'm just like, get the fuck. Get off. Oh, get away from me. Anyways. Anyway, we should, so we should turn people into goop monsters. We agree. All right. R- Rogue 
visits Wolverine during the night while he's having a nightmare. Uh, startled, he accidentally stabs her, but she is able to absorb his healing ability to recover. This is a crazy scene. Yeah, this. Yeah, have you seen Encanto? <laughs> Can't wait for how you're gonna tie this in. But yes, I've well, seen the Encanto. main person in Encanto. I forget their name, but they don't really know what their power is. Like everyone else in their family knows what their power is, and uh, it's something about like being. It's like something about compassion and empathy or some bullshit. Um, but it, <laughs> this this uh, rogue, I feel like it's kind of non-specific what her power is, and then we see here right that like she can like share and switch power. She could copy other mutants abilities yeah. by touching them, uh, but it does cause serious harm yeah. to the person that she's touching. So um, yeah, uh, I think the idea of this scene is that if she touched anyone other than Wolverine, they'd be dead, but Wolverine yeah. has like that healing power or, or also she'd be dead. And yeah. she'd, she'd but just... they, they balance each other so nicely. They're, they're like moon shadows match. Their moon shadows match. It's just like it's like the last of us. It's it's Joel and Ellie. That's what's it is, happening. It's so it's giving Joel and Ellie. It's giving Joel and Ellie. <laughs> it's it's serving straight cunt. <laughs> it's serving Daddy Pascal. It's serving. Oh, we need to leave that man alone. <laughs> he said it himself. There's a meme of him being like, "This is inappropriate." <laughs> no, no, no. He's like, as long as I. I'm Daddy Pascal and will remain Daddy Pascal. I'm cool with it. I said no, okay. No, but we, but I don't know. There's something I've I saw a thing online where he was at a red carpet. And they were like, I was wondering if you could read these thirst daddy tweets about you. And he like looked at the phone once and he was just like, No, no, that's <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> like, leave the man alone. Let him be. Let him be, leave the Mandalorian alone. <laughs> it's giving. Mando it's giving Mando and, and Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's able to observe, absorb his healing ability to recover. This is observed by fellow students who arrived to help. She's later convinced by Mystique, disguised as Rogue's crush Bobby Drake, uh, a.k.a. the Iceman. Iceman uh, cometh and the Iceman taketh away. That's is that, what, what is that? It, what? What am I quoting? The Iceman Cometh is a, a, a novel. Is is this a musical? No, Iceman Cometh is a novel. That I'm thinking of the Nightman Cometh from fucking Always Sunny. What am I thinking of? It's a oh, play. It's, it's a it'll, Eugene no. O'Neill play. Yeah, Iceman Cometh. But you're thinking of the good Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh yes, away. That, yes, that phrase I am on a Bible about... website right now. <laughs> oh, my good Lord. <laughs> the good Lord taketh Okay, sorry. This is my new favorite a... segment: Bible study, <laughs> Sunday service. I'm certain there's like a Christian. It's giving Father and Son. It's giving Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh my God! The fun thing about these X Men movies, I think, is uh, the amount of times that they they're just like, "Whoop! Nope, that was Mystique." idiot yeah. <laughs> like it's it very is, it is kind of scary because also this whole thing like is she just not powerful enough or something because this whole thing like there wasn't there wouldn't even need to be a movie if mystique was just other people <laughs> <laughs> what i i know what i mean <laughs> okay i have no idea what you mean but all right 
The f- it's okay. Xavier uses his mutant locating machine Cerebro to find Rogue at a train station and the X-Men go to retrieve her. Meanwhile, Mystique enters Cerebro and sabotages it. I feel like that's what they call like Apple headquarters in Cerebro. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Cerebro. Horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. I mean, it's a, it's Cerebro is like a, a, it'll play into future movies about how kind of eh, Cerebro might be. Um, the power of it and the power. I don't like how there's such a long catwalk to get there. That just feels unsafe. (laughs) (laughs) It's unsafe. You know, when I've been like texting you for the last like few weeks from seeing this, I didn't really love it after finishing the movie. Like I thought it was kind of whatever, but now going Mm -hmm. back over it, I'm like, this movie was kind of cool. Yeah. I think it's a little whatever still. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of, I think, personally, much better X Men films to compare it to, but which is exciting for me. I, I'm not yeah. like I'm not coming into this being like, oh, brother. <laughs> it's a cool start, though. It definitely. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned to me when you were watching it, and I think this is very true that it feels comic book. Yeah, like definitely. in a way that modern comic book films don't. Modern yeah. comic book films have 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 no film language yeah. like tie ties to the comics anymore. It kind but, of reminded like, me of um. Batman Begins in that it's like kind of on the darker side of things it's filmed uh, especially the scenes that are in the Statue of Liberty it feels like the the comic pain like window pane I mean uh, splash splash page yeah. yeah yeah no it definitely you see the visual language of comics a lot more in these earlier movies because it's you know a newer thing that mm-hmm. they're doing like the Spider-Man the Raimi Spider-Man movies have that sort of like almost layered panel stuff happening often with like the interspliced uh uh imagery i don't know uh i like the way that this movie looks yeah Uh, me too and i think that you know some of the cgi doesn't look very good because it's you know from 20 years ago but at the same time i don't know it works this movie works for in in large part because of the cast and in large part because it's like i don't know it has something to say Mm -hmm. uh ant-man doesn't have anything to say this is like a good story Yeah. yeah exactly uh, we're gonna are we ever gonna watch uh legally blonde <laughs> yeah that's a that's phase six sun's up it's a little after 12. isn't that the musical no that's the first song in the movie oh i haven't watched that movie if you wanted time. me to sing the musical i would sing i didn't oh my god oh my god you got we i think this okay so this is the third song on our soundtrack right now the first being do you want that one to be layered do you want someone to come back and layer three i think this is our musical episode i think this is our canonical insane (laughs) that it took fucking (laughs) x-men well then we have to do our own both our own origin story flashback episodes um yes that is very necessary Having left Ed of Storm and Cyclops, Wolverine finds Rogue on a train and convinces her to return to the school. Before they can leave, Magneto arrives, knocks out Wolverine, and subdues Rogue, revealing it was her who he wanted rather than Wolverine. Did you see this coming? (laughs) The prodigal son returns. I have no idea if that has anything to do with this. I don't know what word. You're just saying words that come into your brain. Yep. We all are, baby. 
I think a fun Speaking thing of about coming at the brains. All right. Uh, sorry. What? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. You said coming at the brains? No. I said pinky in the brain. Okay. Uh, gonna do the same thing that we do every episode, Maisie. I'm Jeff Whedon. Okay. <laughs> I think that a fun fight, the thing that happens in these movies a lot just between uh, whenever Magneto fights Wolverine is it's just like, I can control your whole body, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like your your bones are, so it's like, I don't know. And I kind of love that when he does that, or like kind of anytime we've seen someone in Marvel who um, like can control minds and stuff or, or move things or whatever. I love when they just do like a little flick of the wrist, like something so Ian, Mc- Ian McKellen's handwork in this yeah. movie is astounding. Yeah. That is a professional actor who who is like, yeah, I'm yes, I'm turning all these guns around with my mind. 100%. That's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Fucking idiots. This is what I can do. I'm Ian McKellen. I'm gone. What is it? Gandalf. <laughs> Gong. Gongdong. I'm Gongdong. Nice to I'm meet you. Gong, I'm Gongdong of Gondor. <laughs> Flee, you fools. Fly, you fools. Fly, you fools. Sorry, I haven't seen the last episode. Of what? Wait, no, hold on. That's a lie. I have not finished Return of the King. Ah. The Hubbard shows. But I have seen Aladdin Return of Jafar. Oh, that's it's like, the same thing. It is a Return of the King. You feel like you got it, right? Yeah, it's the same thing. But McCallum's great. Flick of my wrist, just a flick. He could do, I bet he would, could do like a masterclass on like Magneto hand moves. Mm-hmm. He's like, this, I, I, I extend my fingers as such, and that means I've grabbed them. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> You really came up with all of this. Did I just pay 500 bucks for this masterclass? A flick of the wrist sends the Wolverine away. <laughs> the Wolverine. Uh, although uh, Xavier tries to stop him by mentally controlling Sabretooth, he is forced to release his hold when Magneto threatens the police who have converged on the train station, allowing the Brotherhood to escape with Rogue. This is such like a comic booky scene. Yeah. As superhero we scene, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Good guys bad guys trying to get the girl the good guy from miles away uses his brain to get into the the big guy who chokes a bad guy bad guy turns all the guns on the cops stalemate of mega powers and a revealing to the world of like the violence of mutants and probably very bad for them community wise you've seen beetlejuice right yes i have <laughs> For the viewers at home, Tim's collective like sigh and eye roll when I bring this up. It's just like it reminded Inside, me of the dinner party I scene just... where Beetlejuice yeah. just like makes them all start dancing to the banana boat song. Yeah. It's the same thing. It this is day o all and this over is, again. I'm this sick is... of it being copped. And the, yeah, and this is the fourth song on our EP. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, now someone go in and layer in four deos. Daylight come. Okay. 
daylight coming be one Kelly arrives at the school and Xavier reads his mind to learn about Magneto's machine. Realizing the strain of powering it nearly killed him, the X-Men deduce he intends to transfer his powers to Rogue and use her to power it at the cost of her life. Bum, bum, bum. Bum. That's a plot. That's like a thing. That's like things moving along, things affecting each other, character traits defining what's going on in the movie. That's something we haven't seen in a Marvel movie. This is this is plots one oh one. This is right how to write a fucking movie. Yeah. I just I just like the story to this a lot. It's just like I don't know, pretty good. Yeah, it's it is not nearly as like there are not so many plot loopholes and stuff that you see in marvel movies now because they're Mm -hmm. just like trying to fucking put stuff on tvs this feels more it's like it's almost reflect uh like refreshing because it's a little formulaic but it also like it's it it works that's something that honestly i've been thinking a lot about with like recent popular movies that have been like really doing well and for the eighth episode in a row i'm going to mention avatar way of the water (laughs) but Avatar Way of the Water is incredibly formulaic kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Creed 3 uh, did really, really well at the box office. That's a just a formulaic sort of boxing movie. Uh, I'm going to say this because it's also timely because the Oscars are tonight. That Top Gun Maverick was great. Top Gun Maverick. Formulaic. Was so form- but it was, yeah. but it's fucking good. So yeah. I think that mo- people are starting to be like, less like we had a 10 year period of like lack of sincerity was the key like there like yes there's moments of sincerity in the mcu that i that i really think you know hit hard and are good but for the most part it's this notion of like well we're not taking this very seriously yeah uh like like literal like it and like there's never there's a couple moments in this movie where they kind of make fun of their powers or make fun of like old costumes or whatever but there is this genuine sense of no there are mutants in the world and it's a, it's not like yeah it's not like hi i'm a mutant and here's my power <laughs> isn't that crazy smorgasmorgle <laughs> <laughs> like that's what movie yeah. and and i think that sincerity is back baby yeah and whether it's formulaic or not it's it's just what people are looking for right now and i i'm very excited about that yeah are you going to watch the Oscars tonight? Uh, I'm seeing a friend's band, so no. Okay. But I'll follow along on my phone to okay. see if Angela Bassett takes home the Best Kate. Supporting oh, Actress. Yeah. First ever Marvel. Blah, blah, blah. I'm rooting for The Banshees of Inna Sharon. Me too. That, that was my favorite movie of the year, I think. Yes, no question. It'll probably win nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I hated Tar. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kelly's body rejects his mutation and his body dissolves into liquid. <laughs> Bummer. Very uh, who framed Roger Rabbit. Gross scene too. Like, I don't yeah. know. They they don't do shit like this anymore. Where it's just like, yeah. all right, and then we have a scene that's just fucking disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, also, I was a big fan of that. In uh the t- I also recently watched The Terminator and someone just falls in a Great. vat of lava. Yeah, and they burn and get yeah. crazy. More gross stuff. <laughs> More gross stuff. Make me go, ew. <laughs> Make me go, ew. <laughs> Xavier attempts to locate Rogue using Cerebro, but Mystique's sabotage incapacitates him and he falls into a coma. 
uh, fellow telekinetic and telepath Jean Grey fixes Cerebro and uses it, learning that the Brotherhood plans to place their mutation-inducing machine on Liberty Island and use it to mutate the world leaders meeting at the summit on nearby Ellis Island. This, um, is, this is just like a cool... Um, I mean, I know that like the senator was a big part of the plot, but like now, like the stakes are even yeah. higher. Yeah, and you and and seeing what happened to the senator, you're like, well, fuck, that's what's gonna happen to all of them. And also, Arr! last time we were at a United Nations meeting, Tachaka was assassinated. Oh yeah, that's true. That wasn't in this universe though, so it's not. I can't keep up. Okay. No. I will field all questions after. Okay. <laughs> uh, thoughts on Jean Grey? The doctor. What? No, not Grey's Anatomy. No, 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 no. In, the, in this movie, Jean Grey, the other telepath, redhead. Oh, my Famka, Famka Jansen. Yeah, she plays a doctor in this. Oh, okay. She, like, is the one who's always in the lab. Full disclosure, I did not rewatch this movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because she was the one that was like in the beginning. Yeah, she, she like does the, yeah, she does like a medical thing on Wolverine and they have like flirty moments. Tim, what, what was the last movie you did rewatch for this podcast? Um, and I mean rewatch, not like, like re-watch? initial Ant-Man. I don't remember. I mean, we've been caught up for a minute like yeah um venom <laughs> it was venom. okay good venom was the last movie ever watched but yeah venom 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 yeah i like Jean gray team definitely team Jean gray team gray you're team, team gray, gray. Je- definitely team gray i mean i know that you're team goo i'm team goo i'm team i'm team turning everyone into goo that's what and we do are you anyway think there's any relation between gene gray and gandalf the gray whoa i never thought of that no <laughs> no <laughs> uh the x-men scaled the statue of liberty battling and overpowering the brotherhood while magneto transfers his powers to rogue and activates the mutation machine there's a cool i think this like climbing the statue of liberty sequence where they're in like the liberty museum and they like fighting and, and mystique is wolverine yeah and there's a moment where uh, where cyclops is like is like how do i know it's you and then he like gives him the finger with his claws yeah and he's just like okay it's yeah you. like oh, you're yeah. a dick oh yeah yeah that's you yeah. um have you ever been inside the statue of liberty uh i have not i never went it was always seemed like a super touristy thing to do even though i bet it like is really cool you want to know something really sad what my family climbed to the top of the Statue of Liberty, and then that dinner, that night at dinner, my parents told me they were getting a divorce. <laughs> but it's not a sad ending because they got back together. That's that is a happy ending. Why are you shrugging? I will field questions at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been worse if they did it at the top of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, that would have definitely been worse. <laughs> You made oh those steps, kids. Anyways, I don't know. I know that you, my real dad, gives me the finger and calls me a dick, just like this movie. Very good. I also like. <laughs> there's a brief moment where uh, uh, Wolverine cuts off the the claws that Mystique has. Yeah. And they're like, because they're she isn't actually made out of. Yeah, so it's not painful so. for her. Yeah, and she's like, ow, <laughs> and it, but it's Hugh Jackman going like, ow. I don't know. It just. <laughs> I think that part's funny. 
And I remember that part being funny. Maybe it's not funny. Didn't rewatch it. Uh, <laughs> as Wolverine confronts and distracts Magneto, Cyclops blasts him away, allowing Wolverine to destroy the machine. He transfers his powers to Rogue, rejuvenating her while incapacitating himself. Uh, he also fights Sabretooth on the top of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Pretty, you know, yeah. This also... Um... This, this, these scenes in and of themselves are just the ones that remind me so much of like comic book scenes mm -hmm. and Batman Begins or Batman Returns or whatever when they're on the top of the church, like these, like it's dark at night and they're in these like big city scapes yeah. and the stakes are so high. I yeah. want like that stylization to come out. It was a, it, it the, like the, the Tim Burton Batman movies are so like goofically, goofily gothic and yeah. like. Yeah, the way, like the the backdrops and the matte paintings. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the Robert Pattinson Batman does give Gotham like a little bit more of that flavor. But you know, I I, I do like this. It's fun. This is a good movie. And check okay. it out. Um, maybe we'll do an episode on it. It'll be fucking useless because it's not even Marvel. <laughs> Professor Xavier and Wolverine recover from their comas. The group also learns that Mystique escaped the island battle and is impersonating Senator Kelly despite being seriously injured by Wolverine. So they, they like pause a TV when it would just blinking at the right time and her yeah. and the eyes are yellow and they're like, that's mystique. It's so <laughs> scary, but so cool. Uh, Xavier gives Wolverine a lead to his past at an abandoned military installation in Canada. Magneto is imprisoned in a complex constructed, uh, uh, in a complex constructed of plastic and is visited by Xavier, and Magneto warns him that he intends to escape one day and continue the fight. Xavier replies that he will always be there to stop him. So the last two sentences of this Wikipedia article on the plot brings up kind of two things that we really have glossed over until this point, and that's the fact that Wolverine has been having these, like, PTSD visions of, like, mm -hmm. something that he used to be that we don't know yet. Yes. Um, but also the fact that Xavier and Magneto are like, like this weird friendship that's like good versus evil, but they're playing chess yeah. together. Yeah, they're old friends, and yeah. they and they respect each other. I think because they're both you know mutant leaders and intellects, and they just have ideological differences. This was yeah. this was from an era where you could disagree with someone, and and you could still like play chess. Back you know. in my day, back all in of my the snowflakes day. were the same. But they're they're both on the same side. They're both on the side of yeah. mutants. They just have different opinions of how to get through to it. And as we'll see in some of the other movies that we'll watch, uh, which are prequel movies uh, that take place like forty years in the past, uh, with young versions of uh, a lot of these characters, uh, they were friends. They were like you know very friendly. With they each go other. way back. They go they went way to back. College together. And uh, the uh, backstory of Wolverine will be directly addressed in X two. Cool. Uh, which is the next one. Uh, but that is X-Men. No post-credit scenes. They don't do that shit. Which that is nice. Was... It's like it's very respectful of my time. Yeah, it's almost like it's a movie and it <laughs> exists on its own. Yeah. Um, although they did do, I think they have a post-credit scene in X-Men 3, which we won't be watching because it's a bag of shit. We don't okay. need to watch that one. Hey, but X-Men 2 is good. But X2, X2 is one of my favorite comic book movies. Days of Future Past is one of my favorite comic book movies. And Logan is uh, f so fucking excellent. Cool. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll be watching those and uh, maybe one or two more. 
Sweet. Maisie, thoughts on X-Men? I'm I'm excited to get rolling into the X-Men world. I feel like I'm a, the MCU has been a little stale and a little boring, a little, um, it's just, I'm excited for a little a freshness yeah. here. And and we and there's an end to these. Yeah. <laughs> there's a finite. We'll be watching seven or eight of them, and then you you don't have to worry anymore. You know? And then by that time, it'll be ready. We'll be ready for my favorite thing that I've been looking forward to. <gasps> Into the Spider Verse, across the Spider. Oh yeah, that's in like June, I think mm -hmm. June or July. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. That's gonna be good. Uh, do you have any questions? I'm now I'm now ready to field questions regarding the X-Men. I'm not ready to field questions about my parents getting divorced in the game. I wasn't going to ask. Any. <laughs> um, that is a discussion for me and my therapist. Uh, uh, I am I'm excited to see if and how like other MCU stuff, if at all, just knowing that Stan Lee created all of this, how it may or may not play into what we already know or what I already know or what? Yeah. Um, I think it rise brings an interesting question that the MCU is fucking around with like multiverse stuff right yeah. now. So you could feed and I mean, Hugh Jackman is going to be in the Deadpool movie, which mm -hmm. is the Deadpool movie. Oh, uh, you also watched Deadpool. <laughs> yes, I did. Or did we, we don't need record to, an episode on that? We did not record an episode okay. on that. Uh, but, uh, Weird I liked to watch. It. Yeah, it's it's good and funny and goofy. Weird that that was the first X Men movie you watched. Yeah, but it also seemed like, from what I could tell, like one of the few, um, like franchise movies that is like pretty fine standalone, like not oh, knowing yeah. anything else. Yeah, yeah. It it it. I think that there were never really plans to introduce Deadpool into anything larger. Okay. Uh, I think it was just going to be like, hey, yeah, superhero fatigue. Let's make a superhero movie where you're, we're making fun of superhero movies. Um, is set in the, the second universe. one good? Second one, I like the second one better than the first one. Okay. I think it's a more complete movie, and um, but it still has the same things that I don't really love about it, which is, I think they're annoying. Oh. I think the Deadpool, Deadpool in sort of in general is kind of annoying. I'm a little, yeah. I'm more annoyed than entertained. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Well, so I will go ahead and watch X Men Two, and we'll just, just see you next time. Okay. You didn't have any. Wait, questions wait. How much you? money did this movie make? Do not. I'm not going to tell you because you just could say you're only prompting me to do that so you can do your little fucking joke about it. I promise not to do it. No, you will, but I will tell you. Uh, X Men. Opened July fourteenth, two thousand, and made twenty one million on its opening day. Uh, fifty seven million in its opening weekend. Uh, it had the highest grossing opening weekend for a superhero film, surpassing Batman Forever. Um, Maisie. Now turn around and bend over. See, <laughs> hey, I tried hey, to keep you, you on your toes. You, you always keep me on my toes, and I appreciate that. At the time of its release, X-Men had the sixth biggest opening of all time and marked the first time in history that three pictures had consecutive opening weekends above 40 million in North America. This was a boom time. And that was a lot of money back then. There you go. There you go. <laughs> to, to highlight how old this movie is, uh, the two weekends before that had over 40 million were uh, the perfect storm and scary movie one. <laughs> Which, it's why did scary movie... Cinema. 
What scary movie come out in July? What are you guys doing? Summer Blockbuster. It was the second largest opening weekend of the year behind Mission Impossible 2. So the only Mission Impossible movie I've seen. Wow. Uh perhaps we'll see more X-Men in the future of the MCU. We're going to uh, be locking in. I think what we're going to watch is this one X2 X-Men United. Then we're going to watch uh, X-Men First Class, which is the X-Men, first the prequel. Last Stand? We're not going to watch The Last Stand. That's a piece of shit movie. Oh, I thought that I was actually I thought that was maybe a Fast and Furious subtitle. <laughs> okay. It's been a long day <laughs> with Magneto, Magneto's my friend. Track five, baby. This is going to be a sick And I'll album. tell you all about it when Professor X, I don't know. Baby, uh, lock the doors and turn the lights <laughs> down low. Okay. Okay, we're going to watch X2. Uh, we're going to watch X-Men First Class. We're going to watch X-Men Days of Future Past. And we're going to watch Logan. No, we're going to watch X-Men Logan. Uh, and then we'll watch Fully Deadpool Logan. Um, Herbie Hancock. No, Herbie Fully Logan. Herbie for Fully Lo- Logan. Okay, bye. Love you, miss you. See ya. The Marvelous Miss Maisie is a Unicow Media podcast. Music by Brian Parmalee, who you can follow on Instagram at Bodie underscore Foster. Cover art by Rachel Severance, who you can follow at Rachel Approves. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Marvelous Miss Maisie Pod. And if you like it, remember to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also follow Maisie on Instagram at O underscore my underscore laud 624 and Tim on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at HaHaTimBridge. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.